Wreak havoc. Wreak havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just reek of Huntsville Havoc Hockey. Time for another Wreaking Havoc podcast. I'm Tim Lambert. I can't express how much we appreciate the positive response this podcast has received so far. It's really taken off, thanks to all you kind listeners. This week, we hear from head coach Stuart Steffen, who begins a new era of Huntsville Havoc hockey this coming season. His visit is coming up next. The Wreaking Havoc podcast. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt, or hoodie, or apron, or even an iPhone case. Just go to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs, or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs, too. With Daddy-O's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for Daddy-O's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S, custom, T-E-E-S, dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees, they've got your back, or front. Let's go in the slot. We're in the slot this week with first-year head coach Stuart Steffen. I was able to corral him for a little while a couple of weeks ago. So did you go to Vegas? I didn't go to Vegas. Oh. It was our uh, our front office that went to Vegas. Oh, okay. Uh, me and Tyler, coaches, we were up in Nashville during the week. So um, there was a coaches clinic and the NHL draft and stuff like that. So we were actually we were in Nashville for a couple of days. Oh, okay. Okay. I just thought everybody just took off and went. So. Oh, that, yeah. That was just uh, the front office staff. There's like, uh, I think it's called the ECHL, ECHL meetings, but there's a bunch of vendors and stuff to do there too. But Oh, okay. I was one. You mentioned it being ECHL meetings, and you know a lot of folks might wonder, well, why is an SPHL team going to an ECHL deal? So, you know, what is the story on that? Um, well, I think a lot of our like office staff, obviously, I think there's a lot of like conferences, presentations. So, um, you know, there's different areas where um, you know our staff, you know, can learn different things. Um, you know, I think we do stuff. Um, you know. Um, ideas on like promotional nights, uh, selling, selling tickets, group tickets. So like, uh, you know, like Jared would be, you know, work in that area. Um, there's like game day ops. So that's where like, um, some of our, um, staff, are, you know, Cassie and Christian kind of do game day and stuff like that. So they'll go to some of those conferences and then, uh, you know, uh, no one does like corporate sponsorship. So, um, huh. I think there's people there that'll talk about, you know, their, um, you know, kind of how they, how they handle things as far as, you know, selling corporate sponsorships and it's just uh, a way for them to go there, get some, you know, fresh ideas. Sometimes it's kind of, you know, reconfirming the things that they're, you know, maybe doing well already. And again, maybe different ideas, how to do things. And like I said, some of our promo- promotional nights, uh, it helps, uh, you know, get new ideas and stuff like that too. So, Oh, okay. Just, yeah. Good information for them, for them to go, you know? So. Okay. 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 Well, how did your, uh, how did your youth skills camp go? No, that went really well. Um, had one of her best turnouts ever. Um, you know, I think a big part of it was, uh, you know, having Tyler there, you know, it's kind of a fan favorite. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the, uh, kids and parents, one of the, you know, um, you know, come and, um, take some lessons from Tyler too. So it was actually, um, really good turnout and yeah, we had a fun, fun four days. So, um, you know, we got nothing but positive feedback from the camp, from the parents and the kids. Um, a lot of them had a lot of fun. Um, you know, got a lot of good feedback. Kids said that they, you know, learned a lot. So, um, yeah, I think it was a good week there. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. So. Good, good. 
you've also got a, a free agent showcase coming up. Uh, can I just show up, and as long as I have my money and my equipment, can I try out? Yeah, pretty much. Um, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's a way. Um, our training camps are pretty small here. Obviously, uh, you know they're in October, but um, it's just a good way to take a look at um, you know other players. Obviously, you know we kind of try to target more the um, you know a lot more college, maybe junior players that you know um, you know maybe the resume isn't quite as well as some of the guys that we typically recruit. But you know you can always find like hidden gems there. There's obviously some local guys that come out and um, you know participate too. But yeah, it's just really. Um, yeah, if you want to come out and try out, all you need to do is just make sure you have your, you know, full equipment. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So. <laughs> now, what are, what are the dates on that? Uh, that's from July 28th to 30th. So um, it's like we'll do one session Friday night, um, a session Saturday morning, Saturday night, and then one more Sunday morning. We try to target guys that are, you know, played, like I said, like college hockey, just at a lower level maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, junior guys that maybe don't want to go to college. Um, you know, it's a tough transition going from junior to pro, but, um, you know, maybe, you know, you get a few guys that show up that are a little more, maybe, you know, have matured a little more. Um, and sometimes, you know, you find some good players there. And, um, yeah, like every once in a while, you know, you might find a guy that makes your team. Or, um, you know, there's one guy uh, came last year to our, ended up coming to our camp in October, um, played a lot of the, most of the year, or played the whole year in the Federal League. And then now this year, you know, a lot of SBHL teams are reaching out to him. So, um, you know, it's kind of helped his uh, development too. So, you know, it's it's, uh, it's a good camp. So. Oh, oh, okay. So, has your transition been from uh, assistant to head coach so far? Um, it's been really good, actually. Um, you know, enjoyed it so far. Um, obviously, um, a little more responsibilities. Uh, you know, uh, uh, just doing a lot. Of, had to order a lot of like our apparel and different things like that. So, kind of some non-hockey related stuff that you know you end up doing a lot more. Um, a lot more of, but then also just, uh, yeah, I've been really, um, you know, trying to um, hammer, um, you know, just trying to get a lot of players, right, recruiting for next season. Obviously kind of a big transition with our team this year. A lot of guys retiring, so um, definitely, you know, looking for, you know, a lot of players and, you know, trying to find guys that can fit, you know, specific roles and stuff like that too. So, you know, that's been, uh, you know, taking up a lot of time, but, you know, kind of been enjoying that too, just, uh, you know, kind of uh, the recruiting process a lot more. Yeah, and a lot of fans, I guess, just don't realize how much extra, you know, the head coach has to do or how many hats he's got to wear other than just the head coach hat. Yeah, um, you know, at our level, it's not just uh, coaching. You know, you get up maybe to the NHL and American League, um, you know, it's, you basically just show up and you coach the players, you know. So, um, you know, and then at our levels, uh, eight, you know, the SPHL and ECHL and, you know, Federal League and stuff like that, like, yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it. You know, we're we got to plan all the road trips, figuring out the buses, hotels. Um, like I said, we're ordering apparel for the guys, the equipment for the guys, making sure all that's set up, like jerseys. Um, yeah, there's so there's definitely a lot more that goes into it than just uh, yeah, showing up and coaching. And I think one of the big things at our our levels, you know, uh, ECHL and SPHL is like really recruiting, right? If you can recruit a good team. A lot of times you're going to have a good team right there. And then obviously, you know, the coaching is where, you know, hopefully that can take you to the next level too there to try to win a championship too. So yeah, definitely uh, yeah, yeah, a lot more responsibilities. Well, for some of those new fans and maybe even some of the old ones, fill us in on the Stuart Steffen story. Um, you know, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, originally, so I'm from uh, Southern Ontario. Um, you know, played my minor hockey in my hometown a little bit and then went to Brantford, Ontario. 
Um, that's kind of where I played my AAA and kind of, you know, started uh, probably progressing up the ladder a little bit from there. So, um, you know, kind of a home of Wayne Gretzky. It was a big, uh, you know, really big in that town. So um, played my AAA there and then kind of from there played junior hockey in Ontario as well. Um, you know, I ended up playing um, for a few different teams there, but, you know, my last year I ended up with the Burlington Cougars and, the, you know, kind of the Tier 2 Junior A. Um, you know, I had a really good season. You know, I had some uh, college offers. I ended up going to college in uh, Vermont, uh, Castleton, Vermont. It's a small little town, but, you know, a good little hockey community there. And spent four years there, got my, uh, you know, degree, um, had a really successful career there. And then from there, um, ended up, you know, I ended up signing in the, the Central League, which, uh, you know, now doesn't exist. But I um, went to training camp there. You know, unfortunately, I didn't make the team there. But I um, had a buddy that I played in uh, Castleton with. He was uh, here in Huntsville already. Um, you know, Omar Pasha. And uh, actually, I think Jonathan LaFrance had a short stint here too. But we all went to school together. So they got me down here. And then, yeah, I ended up spending, um, you know, seven years here playing playing for the Havoc Um you know, didn't really expect that, you know. Um, you know, wanted to play pro hockey, but didn't think I'd end up in, you know, Huntsville, Alabama in the South. Thought I'd be playing, you know, pro hockey, I guess, more than probably the North, you know, not really knowing. But, uh-huh. you know, came down here, again, seven years later, you know, absolutely loved my time here. Um, and then, obviously, the transition to coach there, um, you know, seventh year that we won a championship. Um, you know, Jesse Kalecki was the assistant. He moved on to Fayetteville, and then Glenn asked me, you know, to, uh, you know, interested in, you know, becoming a coach. And it was something I always kind of wanted to do. Uh, you know, my father was a coach, you know, coached me growing up um, quite a ways. And then, uh, so yeah, I kind of jumped at that opportunity. thought it was a good time to kind of retire. And then, yeah, I've been assistant coach for five years. And then now obviously making that transition to head coach. So, um, you know, kind of came down to Huntsville here, fell in love with the place. And, yeah, I haven't left. So. Well, I was wondering how you how you made it to Huntsville. Uh, so it, it sounds like you already had connections here. Yeah, so it's actually, um, so like I said, uh, Omar Pasha, I don't know if any, you know, the fans that are listening will remember him, but, he, you know, he played here for a full year. Uh, he graduated a year ahead of me, was playing here, um, you know, had a really successful year. And then, uh, you know, at the time he was talking to Randy Murphy, um, um, you know, they were trying to talk me into coming down after my, uh, you know, senior year of college, kind of once, um, you know, our season ended there. Uh, unfortunately, I broke my arm in the last game of the season, so, um, you know, I was unable to, you know, go play pro hockey, you know, after, um, you know, after my senior year call or like right after that, uh, senior year. So I just stayed in school, graduated. And then that summer, you know, I had a bunch of teams reaching out, you know, trying to get me to, you know, sign, um, in different places. Um, SBHL, I think I had a few different teams reach out, but obviously, um, having Omar here. And then, um, like I said, John LaFrance was here too. Um, you know, we both signed here. So I signed here in the summer and then, um, again, ended up signing, uh, the central league there too, uh, uh, Texas Brahmas, uh, at the time too. So they reached out and, you know, uh, talked to them quite a bit, ended up signing there too. So, you know, from, uh, first training camp, I actually went to Fort Worth there beforehand since I was like double A hockey, you know, in the SPHL single A. So I went there and, you know, unfortunately I didn't make the team. And then kind of as soon as I got released, it was like, I reached out to Omar and Randy and they're like, yeah, come on down. So. So I drove from, you know, uh, southern Ontario, I think it was about a 24-hour drive to, uh, you know, Dallas, Texas. I um, was there for about a, you know, week, week and a half, um, you know, and then got released from there. And then literally, um, you know, I got released that morning. Um, you know, Randy and Omar told me to come. I think I looked it up. It was I can't remember if it was 10- or 12-hour drive. And I hopped in my car, you know, pulled into Huntsville, you know, probably around midnight. 
Um, their training camp is already going on, so um, you know I wanted to get here as quick as possible to try to you know put a good impression on since there's already players here. So um, yeah, like I said, drove you know kind of through most of the afternoon and late into the evening, got here, and then yeah, next day was on the ice right away here in Huntsville, and then like I said, yeah, made the team and kind of never looked back from there. Oh, okay. Now some of the players that we've talked to. Uh, have mentioned being guest of the Hotel de Tulio when they come into town. Was was that your case too? Um, uh, no, not as a player. When I uh, first got here as a player, I, I moved right into an apartment. But okay, um, actually that year of um, transition from uh, player to coach, um, you know, once uh, I think Jesse took the job in Fayetteville, I um, I was back home in Ontario. Just kind of had a you know uh, my summer job. That, you know, I work every you know in the summers. Um, so I was back home working, and then Glenn kind of presented that opportunity, and then, you know, kind of once everything settled and I took the job, you know, they, like, wanted me back, you know, in Huntsville here, obviously, for the summer to, you know, start the transition. Okay. So, you know, I pretty much stayed home for two weeks and then came down here, I think it was the start of July, um, but I was moving into an apartment complex, and the apartment was going to be ready to August 1st, so I ended up living at, yeah, Glenn's house for about a month there with uh, him and his family. So, okay. yeah, basically, basically all of July there in that transition from uh, player to coach, yeah, I was at, uh, I guess, Hotel uh, de Tulio. So. Okay. okay, so it was between player and coach then Yeah, that you stayed. Okay, okay. Yeah. What, what did you expect coming down here, you know, as far as the hockey aspect of things? Honestly, I, ha- I had no uh, no idea. Like, no no expectations on the, you know, the hockey. Um, you know, kind of my last... Um, probably my last two years of college there. Um, you know, our program wasn't, uh, it was a pretty new program, wasn't that uh, successful early on there in college. But, you know, over my last couple of years um, there, you know, guys started to, you know, uh, progress to play pro hockey. So it was something kind of like, oh, okay, so this is an opportunity. And, you know, we'd watch games every once in a while, uh, you know, the guys who graduated ahead of us. And, you know, the goal is always to play at the highest level. You know, I was hoping to be in the ECHL or Central League, but. Obviously, that didn't really work out, and, you know, I'd watched the SPHL a little bit, and, um, you know, the league's definitely, I think, developed a lot, you know, since, uh, I mean, that was 12, you know, probably 12 to 15 years ago watching, but, you know, I think the league's only gotten better in those years, too. So, um, again, not a lot of expectations coming in, but, um, you know, came in and, you know, made the team, and, you know, I think, you know, throughout the years, I got better myself, too. So, you know, it's kind of how that went. Did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, um, obviously, like, focused on hockey in the winter completely. And then, you know, summer times were, um, you know, especially in my area, I think, you know, there was a ton of hockey around, but most of the most of the arenas took their ice out in the uh, summer times. There was maybe one or two arenas that kept it in. Um, so, again, you weren't on the ice very often, but um, definitely. But um, I think the ones, uh, you know, I was really into baseball when I was really young. Uh, played that quite a ways growing up. Um, you know, kind of played all over the place there with that. Um, really enjoyed that in the summers. And then um, kind of it seemed to tail off in our area quite a bit, baseball. I think soccer started to get a lot bigger, so a lot of people transitioned to that. I just was not into soccer very much. Um, and a lot of my friends started playing golf, actually. So I remember the one summer it was kind of like my parents kind of gave me a choice, like which one do you want to play, baseball or golf? And all my friends were golfing, so I was like, well, um, kind of want to hang out with my friends too, so transitioned uh, into golf there actually too so it was kind of baseball and golf in the summer so um yeah so really obviously enjoy both of those sports and then actually got into baseball a little bit later on um you know my teenage years kind of went back to it as well so 
um, a little bit later on, was playing both baseball and golf. So those are the two other sports I, you know, played a lot. So you've been swinging a stick the whole time. Yeah, yeah, either hockey, <laughs> uh, hockey stick, a baseball bat, or a uh, or a golf club. Yeah. Well, well, when did you first pick up a hockey stick? Uh, probably, I mean, like my dad too. He played minor pro hockey, and then, like I said, he coached. Uh, you know, he was coaching hockey. You know, ever since. Uh, you know, pretty much I was born there. I think he was coaching a junior team in our hometown and, and then obviously coached us in minor hockey. So probably I was, you know, probably three, four years old. Can't really exactly remember, but yeah, yeah I know I started playing hockey right away. So, Well, I asked um, Alex Kilcheski this question when I talked to him. And, you know, we fans like to hate Birmingham, but was there another team maybe that you love to beat more than the Bulls? <clears throat> um, yeah, well, like Birmingham only came in, I think, it might even be my last season. Okay. Maybe maybe last two seasons, but yeah, I always uh, uh, I would say Knoxville is always a big one, and then um, I think Peoria too. Uh, we I've just always had really good, you know, especially as a player, we had really good rivalries with them. Um, you know, one of the funnest arenas to go into and win, I think, is Knoxville. Obviously, it's a you know it's a smaller smaller arena. Their fans are pretty, you know, they got a good fan base there. So um, going in there it was always one of the funnest places to win. I always remember, you know. Um, you know, after games, winning there, being in that locker room, I don't know, I just really enjoyed that. And then, like I said, with Peoria, you know, we met them quite a few times there in the playoffs as well. They were always one of the top teams. And, um, you know, anytime we could beat them was always, uh, you know, it was always a good win as well. So, um, you know, those are kind of the two that I, especially as a player, always really enjoyed beating. And then obviously since Birmingham's come in the league there, you know, we do play them a lot. So, um, you know, they're, and then right down the road. So it's always, uh, you know, it's always good beating them as well. So I'd say those are probably the top three, honestly. Yeah. Well, I think Alex, he, he mentioned Knoxville in the beginning, but he said after this season, it's Birmingham. So. <laughs> yeah, they had, a good, they had a good team this year, Birmingham. So those, those games were always enjoyable there. We had really good games against them all season. And, you know, I think the season record was pretty much 500 or, you know, really close to it. And then obviously playoffs is a close series. Obviously just came out on the wrong end of it. You know, they did have a really good team this year, so. Was there any particular player that really got under your skin? Probably a bunch of them. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah, over the years, there's yeah, so many players that, you know, come through the league there. So, um, you know, none really jump off, uh, you know, the page at me. Obviously, each team kind of had their guys a little bit, but um, okay. uh, definitely had some good rivalries. Like I said, like with Peoria there, you know, Hageman was always, you know, their top player, physical player. You know, always enjoyed battling against him. Uh, you know, Dan Bremner, the coach in Roanoke, I always remember playing against him quite a bit. You know, he was on a couple different teams, uh, you know, the Cotton Mouse, and then I think he was in Peoria for a while, too. It was always a, it was always a good one. And then, uh, you know, Denny Sicard, you know, played with him for a little bit and then played against him quite a bit. Always seemed to get into battles with him for some reason. Um, and also, uh, you know, there's been a lot of players over the years for sure, though. Yeah. Well, is there a memory or a play that you can recap for us that really stands out to you from your playing days? Um, for my playing days, honestly, like winning that championship that final year was, uh, you know, that's probably one of my best hockey memories ever. Or, uh, ever. Um, again, you know, played seven years. Uh, you know, we lost in, I think it was my second year here. We made it all the way to the finals, lost to Pensacola in game three. Um, you know, that was a really tough, tough loss there. And then I think we had a couple of really good teams uh, the years, uh, you know, year or two prior to winning the championship as well and just had some tough uh no tough breaks in the playoffs, you know, thought, you know, we had the team to win it, but, um, you know, unfortunately came up short. So, 
again in that final season, just winning the championship with that you know group of guys, um, you know, it was a pretty big memory. And I still remember kind of the you know the clinching moment of that uh, game three back in Pen- uh, in Peoria there. Um, you know, got off to a lead. I think they scored a goal with about five minutes left. Uh, you know, bring the um, you know bring the game within one goal. And then I just remember being on the ice late in the game. Um, you know, about a minute left or so, maybe under a minute there. And, um, you know, we're in our D zone. They're kind of pushing a little bit. Puck went up to the point. Uh, their defenseman just took a little wrist shot on net, and I was standing right in front and just, you know, it was an easy one to, you know, block and knock down because it was a little wrister. And, you know, I got it, started skating up the ice, you know, saw Cy over to my right side there. Um, he was kind of breaking. Obviously, they had the goalie pulled, so, you know, just made a simple pass to him and, um, you know, he put it into the empty net and just kind of, you know, kind of clinched, uh, clinched the game for us there, you know, with, uh, you know, probably under a minute left. So it was kind of, that one put us up back by two goals under a minute, you know, felt pretty confident that we had it right then. So, you know, kind of a, kind of a moment I'll always remember. And then obviously, um, the celebration afterwards, just being there in Peoria, um, you know, it was kind of a special moment, you know, the next year winning at home, it's, you know, unreal, but there was just so many people you know, in the locker room, around, you know, it's still a great feeling, but I think just uh, that first year went in on the road, you know, it was just a little more intimate there. Just our team, our coaches, our staff, you know, we're really the only ones there. Maybe a few family members, but, you know, it was a lot more um, just, you know, being with your teammates and stuff like that and celebrating with them. So that was, uh, you know, definitely the highlight of my uh, playing career. We'll be back with more of the Recon Havoc podcast. This is a true sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-200-6543. That's 800-200-6543. Hey, this is Rob Darrow, and you're listening to the Reeking Havoc Podcast. I try to ask this in all my interviews. As a fan watching the game from the stands, sometimes we see things happen that we think, well, there ought to be a rule against that. Or maybe our interpretation of the rule is actually wrong, which is probably more often than not the case. But as a player, you know the rules. Is there maybe a rule that comes to the top of your mind that fans just really don't understand? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't like. I always find uh you know, whenever there's a, a goal disallowed in the game, you know, I feel like probably ninety-five percent of the time the referees get it right, but yet the fans, like, you know, if you're at home and it's against you, it's like they're like, oh no, there's no way, you know, that was a goal, uh, you know, and it's like, oh no, they actually got it right. Um, you know, the other way around, sometimes you score a goal and they wave it off, and you're like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have been a goal for, you know, various reasons. could be goalie interference. Sometimes, honestly, the puck just doesn't go in the net. You know, hits the post, kind of looks like it's in. Um, you know, I'd say, like I said, 95% of the time the referees get it right. But, um, you know, if the call goes against the home crowd, the home crowd's always going to boo and be mad and everything like that. But, 
you know, majority of the time, I would say, you know, the, the referees do get the uh, call right. So, um, you know, I always get that one quite a bit after games. Like, oh, that goal should have counted. It's like, no, they, they got it right. But, yeah, so. But as far as, like, rules, other rules going, I mean, yeah. it's tough. You know, some people, I think, understand, you know, icing's offside, you know, stuff like that. Um, other fans don't. So, um, you know, I think it just depends, you know, on the fan and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I remember in one of those late games against Birmingham, they had not one, but two that they waved off. You know, one was bad enough, but then the second one really made everybody mad. I think that would have been the difference in winning and losing the game for the Havoc. Yeah, one of our last games against Birmingham at home, we scored a couple goals that guy, um, I think, waved off. And I think think the one they definitely got right, the other one was kind of like questionable. But again, yeah, I was pretty sure the one the referees got right 100%, and then the other one, you know, it was hard to tell. I think it was like whether or not the puck was in the net and, you know, from the bench too, it was really hard to tell. So you just kind of got to go off of, you know, what the referees say there. But I know the one game too, we scored a goal that went under the under the net, you know, from the side and they counted it. So it was kind of like, yeah, uh, we got a break right there. So I mean, <laughs> it shouldn't have counted and they counted it. So, um, you know, I think it all evens out in, out in the end. Okay, okay. And I guess there is no instant replay, at least in the SPHL. <laughs> No, yeah, they don't have it in our league. Um, I think a couple of the arenas have the capabilities, but, um, you know, if all the arenas had it, then I think we would use it. But, um, you know, they want it to be uniform, and you just can't do it in one place and not another. So, um, you know, hopefully maybe one day all the uh, arenas will, you know, have that capability. But, you know, for now, it's just, you know, you're going off the referees and, you know, maybe the gold judge. I'm not sure how much they actually trust the gold judges, but (laughs) they do ask them from time to time, so... But a lot of times it's just uh, three referees on the ice. Okay. Well, now going into the the uh, 2023-24 season, there, there are going to be several younger faces on the team, and I guess we may see some newer ones uh, as time goes on. Is there maybe anything new that you're wanting to introduce to fans as far as the team goes, maybe style of play or something? I don't know. I don't want you to give away any secrets. but No, no, no real secrets. I mean, um, and there's not going to be a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot of changes, like, well, obviously a lot of personnel changes. There's going to be a lot, a lot of different players. Um, you know, I've been trying to, obviously we've had a little bit of an older team, you know, successful team over the last like few years. Um, you know, with a lot of our guys coming back for years, um, you know, I think the one area, you know, kind of excited about is hopefully having a younger team that can, you know, maybe be a little bit, you know, quicker and a little more, uh, hungry and stuff like that. So, um, you know, trying to find guys that are, um, you know, maybe a little, have a little more speed in their game so, I, you know, we can, you know, have a little more um, tenacity on the pucks and hunt pucks a little bit more. And, you know, I think the last few years we've been more of a possession team and, you know, we've scored a lot of goals and been successful with it. But um, obviously with the change, um, I think there's been a lot of change in hockey too. You know, it's been a lot more aggressive and quick. And, you know, so it's kind of, uh, kind of an area that, you know, me and Tyler have been kind of looking at and trying to find guys that are, um, you know, kind of, that style but um you know i don't think there's gonna be a ton of changes but um you know it's kind of the one area you know um trying to recruit younger guys like hopefully we can be you know a little more uh a little quicker and a little more tenacious well speaking of new faces you've also you're also getting a new equipment manager uh we featured uh billy welker a couple of weeks ago and uh, yeah. you know th- th- those guys may be some some unsung heroes people don't really know what they do behind the scenes and uh but you know you'd be hard pressed to to get along without them um yeah no 100 percent. they like they are yeah and people have no idea uh how many hours they those guys put in 
um, it, it's it's really crazy how much work they do just to, you know, try to, like their job is to, you know, help the players out as much as possible and obviously help the coaches as well. So um, there's a lot of man hours. Like Billy was at the arena, you know, um, you know, a lot more hours than probably the coaches. I mean, we go home and do video and stuff like that, but then they're, they're still at the arena making sure, um, you know, the arena's, um, you know, when the guys show up, everything's ready to go. It's clean. Um, they got all their, you know, equipment's been washed. Their uh, their jerseys are hanging up in their stalls. So that all the guys got to do is basically walk in and, um, you know, kind of get ready for the day, get their bodies ready for practice or the game. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, the equipment managers making sure everything's all set up and ready. And then obviously road trips, you know, there's a lot of packing that goes involved. Um, you know, there's a lot of equipment and um, things that we got to bring, like our own skate sharpeners and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they, they do have a lot of responsibilities, put a lot of hours in. And, you know, they're uh, definitely a, um, you know, a key part of the team. Without them, there would be, uh, it would be really tough to, you know, kind of run a hockey team and, you know, probably put a lot more pressure on the coach. And, you know, so we really, really appreciate our, uh, our equipment managers. And obviously, Billy, Billy did a, you know, great job over the last, um, you know, I think it was 12 years. We basically both got here at the same time. So, um, you know, he'll be missed, but uh, I know he's still going to be around and, Hopefully see him at some games. So, um, but yeah, excited for Ryan to come in as well, and um, you know, you know, and hopefully he'll put his own touch on things like that. But you know, I think the transition will go well after kind of talking with him and interviewing and stuff like that. So, um, you know, excited for that as well. Okay, so you're the, you're the guy that hires the equipment manager then too, huh? Yeah, I mean, okay. uh, Tyler and myself, we sat down, we interviewed, you know, um, I think four or five different candidates. Um, you know, kind of went through and. Um, you know, in the end, we felt like Ryan was the best. And then, um, I know Glenn, Glenn was still involved too, you know, um, uh, I think he was actually on the interview with Ryan. I don't, I'm not sure how many of the interviews he was on some of the other guys, but, um, again, yeah, you know, um, Glenn and obviously Keith are still involved with it too, but, you know, I think the final decision really came down to me and Tyler making the decision and then, you know, working out some of the logistics with Glenn and Keith and yeah, so it was kind of how the process went. Okay. Well, you mentioned Tyler Piacentini a few times uh, with your move to head coach. That not-so-new face fills your assistant coach position. So uh, how's he doing so far? Yeah, he's doing really well. Um, you know, again, not uh, not into the hockey season yet. So, you know, I'm sure he's probably, you know, excited to get to that part, the actual coaching part. Like I said, a lot of <laughs> it is just, um, um, you know, just the, the day-to-day kind of figuring out, you know, like picking out apparel, Obviously, he's been helping with recruiting and stuff like that. You know, we've been watching a lot of video on players. and um, You know, I think he's really enjoyed that part of it. But, you know, the transition's been, uh, you know, really well for him as well. Um, you know, we both went up to that coaches' conference this weekend, and I think, uh, you know, he really enjoyed that. You know, I got to see, um, you know, there was a ton of NHL coaches there, um, coaches from, you know, different leagues too, um, our league, the ECHL, um, just really all over North America. And, you know, I think there was a lot of presentations and got to talk to a lot of different coaches. And, you know, I think he, you know, probably learned a lot from that. And, you know, it's a good, uh, it's a good experience right, out, right off the bat there. So, uh, but, yeah, I know he's, uh, he's enjoyed the transition so far. And you have made that transition already. How, how is it going from player to coach? Um, I mean, it could be, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I think Ty was kind of the same way. Um, it felt like our bodies were, you know, probably had enough of actually, you know, playing hockey, the grind a little bit, like it, it wears on you. <laughs> um, so I know he was kind of ready and I was kind of the same way ready for that. But, um, you know, and then the transition, um, again, like Ty, Ty helped with us, you know, last year doing, um, 
you know, certain things, um, you know, with video and pre-scouting and stuff like that. So he got a little bit of a taste of it last year. And, you know, I was kind of the same way. I was doing that before, um, you know, while I was still playing. I was helping out Glenn and Jesse as well. So, um, you know, the transition, um, you know, one of the big things is, is, you know, you go from teammates with some of these guys to now you're their boss or coach, you know. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's the one part that's a little bit difficult. I think the year, you know, I transitioned, I think we had 13 players come back. So, you know. After games, you know, you're going out, hanging out with those guys, um, you know, and then now as a coach, you're going home and watching video, and, um, you know, you still be friends with them, but at the same time, you're probably not hanging out with them much. So, um, you know, that's probably one of the big transitions. So, um, you know, it's just kind of you're going from, you know, friendship to, you know, kind of almost being their boss a little bit. So Yeah. Well, now, I saw a comment on Facebook that somebody had made that, uh, you know, last, I guess, couple of times the team got a new assistant coach, they won the championship. Oh, they, I guess Ty's got a uh, expectation there. Then. <laughs> um, okay, so your first signing for the next season is Mason Palmer. Now, he, he made a nice impression when he came on this past season. Yeah. Um, he Again, he was a guy we kind of targeted, um, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, again, it was kind of just like myself when I came down here, right? I said I had a buddy here. Um, you know, Palmer played with, uh, you know, Austin Martinson, obviously was on our team all year. Um, you know, they played at school together and he had nothing but great things to say about Palmer. And, you know, we did our homework on him, talked to a few other people and, you know, everyone had nothing but great things to say about him. So obviously brought him in at the end of the year there and he ended up making our playoff roster and, you know, was a key part of that, you know, kind of a little bit of a run we went on. Um, but again, he, yeah, made a really good first impression with us. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think he's got a, a good future ahead of him as a pro hockey player. You know, I'm not sure how many years he wants to play, but, you know, I think he can play for a long time. Um, you know, I see some natural, like, leadership, um, you know, capabilities in him as well. Um, so, you know, really excited to get him back. I think he's going to, you know, have a really good year for us. And, um, hopefully, you know, kind of help solidify that back end. So, again, yeah, really good first impression and, you know, really hoping he comes in and, you know, has a really good year for us. Well, now he's on the protected list. Do you do you go down that list and, and try to get everybody on it signed, and then move on to bringing back the guys maybe you want that aren't on it after that? Uh, I mean, yeah, like it's. Uh, I mean, it's kind of both, you know. Like um, again, like we put those protected guys on there. Obviously, a lot of the guys that we didn't protect this year, are, you know, basically moving on from hockey, right? Um, you know, and then the odd time you get a few guys that, you know, you know, they're like, the only place I want to play is Huntsville. And, you know, so um, sometimes you can just, you know, leave them unprotected and just know that, you know, they want to come back here. So, okay, uh, you know, we got to wait until August, to, you know, sign them. Um, that's the only thing is just other teams are allowed to talk to the, the guys that are unprotected, right? So it yeah. kind of gives them an opportunity to talk to other teams. But, you know, I'm confident in the few guys that we didn't protect, you know, that want to come back. You know, I think they'll... Uh, um, you know, some of them were exploring job opportunities too, so that's part of it, right? They were kind of like, they wanted to see what's out there for, you know, a job, and then, you know, maybe if nothing became available, then they'd play again next season. So, um, you know, it's kind of just touching base with those guys. And then obviously the protected guys, again, not all of them are going to be back either, you know. Um, things happen. I know one guy already took a job, so, you know, we protected him, you know, really wanted him back next year. He wanted to come back, but then, you know, got a job opportunity and, couldn't turn it down, so you know he's end up retiring too. So you know, kind of get yeah. you just know you never know with those uh, those lists and stuff like that. So okay, well, I knew Alex told me he when I talked to him he didn't want to play anywhere else. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean he expects he expressed that to us as well, and 
Um, you know, he was a guy a little bit too, said, you know, I think he was going to look at some job opportunities, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, still had that itch to play hockey too. So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he's got to, you know, stay in touch with throughout the summer and just kind of see what happens. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of those guys, I was surprised that, uh, you know, while they're playing hockey, they may be out trying to get their Ph.D. or something like that. And, I, I mean, I was surprised to I me. Mean, Alex talked about going for his master's in uh, criminal justice you know, while he's playing. So that, that impressed me. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of guys. Like Dom, Dom obviously came to Huntsville here um, a couple years ago, and, you know, the plan was to play at UH, you know, continue his, uh, um, his college career playing at UAH to, to get his master's degree. And obviously the program, you know, kind of folded there. And um, so, you know, he wanted to still go to school there. And, you know, there was an opportunity here, and we brought him in. And obviously he's been a great player for us, but, yeah, over the last two years, you know, he's gone to school at UAH and, you know, got his master's degree and, um, you know, also played hockey. So, you know, he's kind of, you know, been juggling two things, but, you know, he's handled it really well. Uh, you know, I think he always kind of put hockey first, but at the same time, like, it didn't affect his schooling at all either. So, like, I know he, he graduated already and, you know, and I know Al, Al did the same thing, um, you know, was going to school, um, you know, taking classes online and stuff like that and still playing hockey. And then I know uh, Jamie B- uh, Bussell last year, too. Okay. Um, he was still finishing up his just uh, undergrad at Utica there. I got some online courses. and um, So, yeah, there's definitely players that do that. Um, you know, there's probably a couple guys every year that, um, you know, kind of juggle both. So. Yeah. Well, now, another player just joined the ranks of the retired, Cy Nukovic. Uh Give us your thoughts on number 19. I mean, obviously, he was a you know great player for us for a long time. Uh, played with him, you know, he was you know one of my you know best friends on the team when I played with him, and then um, you know obviously coaching him too. You know, he was a great leader, a guy we leaned on, um, you know, quite a bit too. You know, within the locker room, and you know, just, he's obviously um, I think in the post there you can kind of see all the accolades you know that he racked up. You know, like one of the great you know best havoc players of all time, um, right up there in a lot of the SPHL stats. So. Um, you know, had a long, really long, good career, and obviously, um, you know, he was a great guy, a great teammate, too, you know. Every single teammate that, you know, played with him, I think loved him, too, you know, which is a big part we always try to find here is good teammates. So, um, you know, obviously a tremendous career, and, you know, I think he's moving on, staying in the game of hockey, and I think he'll do great things, in, you know, in his role there, too. So, um, you know, excited for him, and, um, you know, I know he mentioned he wants to come down next year at some point, and, um, you know, hopefully we're doing alumni weekend and he's down and, you know, be able to ha- kind of hang out with him again. But, yeah, just a tremendous career and obviously a great person on and off the ice. Okay. I was wondering what his plans were going forward after this. All right, so we're about to wrap it up here, but I've got to get to this portion of my interview. It's my puck-out-of-play questions. Those questions that are just kind of out there, not necessarily, well, I don't know if any of them are hockey-related. I guess it might depend on your answers. <laughs> so, all right. So, five questions for Stuart Stephan. Number one, what's your favorite movie? Oh man, uh, big comedy guy. Um, you know, big fan of any Will Ferrell stuff. Um, but again, I could probably relate it back to hockey. It was a big, uh, you know, slap shot. Actually, it was on a couple weeks ago and watched that. So, um, you know, obviously an older movie, Paul Newman. But uh, yeah, slap shot's got to be one of my uh, favorites right up there. Um, you know. Had the Hanson brothers here one year too, which is pretty pretty cool. Dropping the puck, so uh, got to meet them as well. So I'm going to go uh, slap shot. Okay, all right. Favorite TV show or what you might might be streaming now? 
Not streaming anything at the moment, actually. Um, actually, since the playoffs wrapped up, hockey playoffs, I haven't really watched much TV, maybe a little bit of golf here and there, but uh, one of my favorite TV shows, you know, when I was younger was probably probably Friends. Um, you know, that was a big one. Me, my, I remember watching that with my mom a lot as a kid, and um, yeah, so that was probably one of my favorites growing up. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, too. Favorite food? Uh, you know, I try to eat healthy most of the time, but every once in a while, I like to, you know, have a, you know, mixing a burger, uh, I'm trying to think, burger or chicken wings, one or the other. <laughs> um, probably have hamburgers more often than chicken wings, so we'll, we'll just go get a uh, good cheeseburger. Okay. That's my protein choice, so. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite singer, band, or music genre? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um kind of transitioned over the years, probably since I've gotten to actually Huntsville, actually was, uh, you know, really like, you know, growing up, I was, you know, Blink-182, Green Day, kind of that kind of genre and stuff like that. Uh, a couple of Canadian bands, the Tragically Hip was, was probably my favorite band of all time, I would say. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many people would know them, but again, Canadian band, Tragically Hip, still listen to them quite a bit. And then since I've gotten down to Huntsville, actually really gotten into country music quite a bit more, so... You know, um, I'd probably go tragically hip in the early days. I still like them a lot, but, uh, you know, and then uh, country music, I'd probably go Luke Combs at the moment. Okay. All right. Tragically hip, I've heard of them. Even yeah. Even being 65 years old, so. Well, they, they are a little bit of an older band, obviously Canadian, but, uh, yeah, that's the only thing is, yeah, a lot of their tours are up in Canada. So. Yeah. All right. Number five, a guilty pleasure or maybe something that people who think they know you don't know about you oh man oh, i'm not really sure on that one actually i mean i mean i've always been into like obviously i'm into all kinds of sports basically it's all i do is watch you know sports but uh you know really into um you know racing too um you know big formula one but uh you know i, I like to uh hit up the uh huntsville motor speedway here in uh in huntsville quite a bit actually oh. you know saturday nights uh, i think we were there last saturday with the motor speedway and watch the races there so um something you know um you know uh me and my wife and you know uh actually nolan uh we enjoy going there quite a bit actually so yeah and i'm a formula one fan too i'd, I'd rather watch it or the indy cars than nascar i mean it's, they're all cars going around a track but i don't know i just i guess i just like the look of the cars better than yeah, I, I just think the you know the Formula One like I mean they're they're fast and you know it's just not a it's not just four left hand turns a lot of times you know they're on uh, yeah you, you know there's a lot more to it um, yeah so I've just kind of always been into I was into IndyCar quite a bit too but um, definitely uh, watched the Formula One quite a bit and then like I said uh, yeah I really enjoy going to the, the Speedway there with all the types of different cars there too so all right well I, I appreciate the time that you gave me and uh, we hope to be talking to you coming up too all right all right i appreciate it yeah no problem that was havoc head coach Stuart stefan thanks to him for his time this week we've got more fun conversations in the works so stay tuned if you've got questions for any of your favorite coaches or players past or present we'd love to pass them along in upcoming visits also if there's a particular interview you'd like us to add to our schedule you can email us at reekinhavoc at outlook.com that's r-e-e-k-i-n havoc at Outlook.com, send a message to the Reek and Havoc Facebook page, or fill out the form online at reekandhavoc.com. 
Do you have an idea for the Reekin Havoc podcast? Email us at reekinhavoc at outlook.com. That's R-E-E-K-I-N, havoc at outlook.com. Send a Facebook message to the Reekin Havoc page or leave us a voicemail or text at 256-434-RKKN. That's 256-434-7556. The Reekin Havoc podcast. Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing somewhere in the U.S. You can help in the effort to find missing kids simply by donating your car or boat to Find the Children, a nonprofit organization dedicated to returning missing children to their families. Find the Children works closely with national and community agencies and organizations and helps distribute flyers and posters that are directly responsible for recovering missing kids. Your car or boat donation helps protect and recover children in every state and community by sponsoring child safety and recovery programs. For fast, free pickup, call anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Running or not, your car, truck, van, RV, or boat will be towed away free of charge. Fast, free pickup, plus it's tax deductible. Everyone wins when you donate your car or boat to find the children. Call right now. 800-466-8813. 800-466-8813. That's 800-466-8813. Defenseman Alex Sheehy is the first new signing for the 23-24 season. Alex comes off a four-year career at the University of New England, where he was captain in his senior year and made the All-NEHC second team in 2022. He also played for Team USA at the World University Games that same year. The 2023 Showcase Camp will be July 28th through 30th at the Huntsville I Sports Center. Cost is $300. The sign-up link is online at HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Just click on the tab in the main menu. The fourth annual Havoc Classic Golf Tournament is coming up August 28th at Cherokee Ridge. Cost is $500 for a foursome. There will be a shotgun start at 1 p.m. with registration starting at noon. You can sign up your teams online at HuntsvilleHavoc.com under the Golf Tournament tab. Half and quarter season tickets are now on sale. Go online to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and click on the Tickets tab. College interns are needed for next season to fill sports administration and sports media positions. For more information, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com to the Contact Us tab and click on Internships. And updated office hours for the summer are Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. through August 4th. Then beginning August 7th, that goes to weekdays from 10 till 6 until September 1st. Then from September 5th through the end of the season, it will be from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. Become a member of Chaos Kids Club today. Download the Kids Club app for your iOS or Android device or online at chaoskidsclub.com. The Reek and Havoc Podcast. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-586-9885. 800-586-9885. 800-586-9885. That's 800-586-9885. 
tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReekinHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Recon Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Recon Havoc podcast. Thank you.